0: Do you think as you get older you can perform the same way as you did in your 20s?
1: No. (laughs) No, I definitely can't. (laughs) It's episode 539. It's Friday. It's more newbie questions with Sarah. Let's cue that intro. The big question is this How do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness, and our longevity? That is the question this podcast will give you the answers my name is Anthony Walsh and welcome to the Roadman podcast Roadman, welcome back to another romance Cycling Podcast. Sarah has joined me and I'm embarrassed to say we still haven't fixed the cabling issue. So for the third consecutive week, Sarah's sitting in the dog bed. I think it's more than three weeks. Might be four. Well, look, yes. it reflects equally as bad on me as it does on Dublin Airport and Icelandic air for losing the baggage.
0: I'm the guest here. It just shows you how, how valued I am. Would you have... um. Eddie Dunbar come in and sit in the dog bed when you're interviewing him?
1: Eddie is a legend. It was a great Ed, interview. Eddie, his story's gas. I think he forgot he was on a podcast at one point because he was talking <laughs> about splitting his head open in the chip shop After in Cantork.
0: The Viking or whatever it's called. <laughs> the
1: Viking pizza and takeaway or He was so
0: open, wasn't he, about everything, you know, his time at INEOS um, and Grenadiers and being passed over for races. You did push him on a couple of questions that he maybe gave a little bit of the PR answer. I think there was one there about, uh, you know, if, if he was a British rider, would he have won a world tour by now? And he, was, he, was, he
1: turned into a bit of a politician for that one, which is totally fair. And he's going to do brilliant next year at Bike Exchange, And I'm just hoping yeah. they don't get relegated before he gets there.
0: Yeah, I know. The relegation is very interesting, isn't it?
1: I don't know how it works, though. Okay. Uh yeah, I don't know how it works. I know you collect points, but I don't know the weighting of the point system. Like Adam Yates dropped out of the Vuelta this week and he was sitting fifth on G C I know you get points for GC finishes. I assume it goes ten deep, if not deeper. So there, that's going to hit them as well. So okay, yeah, it's a it's an interesting one.
0: Yeah, maybe I might do a little bit of a deep dive on relegation promotion in teams for one of my solo casts. Might Even if it's not a
1: podcast, you could just send me a WhatsApp and let me know what's going on. With it. <laughs> that would reform me.
0: Are you enjoying La Vuelta Espana?
1: It's brilliant. It's obviously disappointed to see Bennett leaving this week. And then there's been this, I don't know what's going on. What the uh, tires? Quickstep are using. But Alaphilippe mm. crashed two days. ago go and he's out. Thankfully no broken bones.
0: Absolutely got it because you know that he is my favourite rider of all time. I think he's very classy
1: uh, He, I'm sure that's why you love him yeah uh, he <laughs> separated his shoulder and tore some ligaments but no broken bones because it looked particularly bad I and did. the medical yeah. team weren't really helping him out too much they were clattering him into the van
0: oh they were they were absolutely shaking it was like shaking baby syndrome they had by the time he got into the into the ambulance it was crazy I was like Jesus will you mind the poor fella um, but yeah poor Sam Bennett is out with Covid it's such a shame, isn't it? Because he was really, really annihilating everybody else in the sprints. Carlos that totally that's
1: totally boyishly as <laughs> a harsh person.
0: <laughs> we love him. We love him here. Um, but yeah, it is such a pity that he's out. But look, there is loads more yet to go. We actually saw Ramco, even a ball crashing on one of the uh, kind of it was, I guess, it was a mountain stage, was it?
1: Yeah, mountain to top finish, similar to Alaphilippe's crash, and that's why I was questioning that equipment from Quick mm. because it's similar. Pilot error, crash, front wheel slide out, the tires, whatever they're using, just don't seem to be coping with the dry, dusty Spanish road. So I'm sure they'll look into it.
0: Tough as nails, though. Like even when he passed the, when he went over the finish line, he's cut to bits. His shorts are a shadow of their former self. I don't even <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but I think, yeah, we're starting to see in La Vuelta a little bit of Remco's petulance coming out. He was given out. He was throwing stroppies. He was shouting down the radio. So he is certainly living up to his reputation of being a little bit of a brat.
1: I'm a bit closer to home. Very disappointed this week to see we had no Irish team traveling to the World Road Race Championships. It's the first time since 1977 that we won't send an Irish team to the World Championships and it's... No. It's a shameful situation that, like, the Irish Cycling Federation can't budget to send a team to the Worlds. Like, what gets me is, I get that Canada and recent races have gone slightly over budget, but it's not like they've sprung this Australian world onto people. This was announced four years ago that we were going to the Worlds in Australia. It's honestly the equivalent of not being able to pay your broadband bill at the end of the month going, oh, I never thought that was coming out at the end of the month. It's just poor management of finances. It's terrible. I think
0: the quote that they put out on Twitter pissed people off even further because I don't have it in front of me, but it was something along the lines of, well, we're not guaranteed success. And it was like, well, no, we know that, but we want you to go and be competitive. Our taxpayers' money goes so you can represent us as a nation.
1: Yeah, like, it's just the whole thing annoys me so much. Like, you know, one, is the goal only to go and win races at a national level? It's not. It's like you say, it's the show representation of an Irish jersey and maybe inspire future generations. But also, let's not pretend we're going to make up the numbers. We have the very fastest bike rider in the entire world, Sam Bennett. Caleb Ewan didn't get picked for Australia, and that caused a furore back home because everyone felt it was a course Caleb could win on. If it's a course Caleb can win on, it's a course Bennett can win on and he's the fastest in the world. So we have the fastest rider in the world if it comes back as a bunch sprint. And then you have one of the best long distance riders in the world with Eddie Dunbar, Mm -hmm. who up until I recorded, that episode was released on Tuesday. So, you know, two, three days ago. I recorded it a few days prior to that and Dunbar at that point still didn't realize he wasn't going to Worlds. He was still training for Worlds. So not only did the public find out, the riders found out at basically the same time. It's just the whole thing is disgraceful.
0: There's a lot of national teams not going to the worlds. So New Zealand, basically, they broke the, no, the news last week that riders who wanted to race in the worlds in Wollongong, they'll have to foot part of the bill themselves. They just said that even though they're obviously neighbours to Australia, a lot of their racers are European-based and they just weren't prepared to pay for everybody to come from Europe over to Oz. And... The Spanish team are having issues as well getting a full team together because their riders or their prospective team, you know, they're all under contract for their trade teams and the trade teams don't want to, you know, release them for the world.
1: Yeah, you always see a little bit of that. And I did hear through the grapevine as well that Canada had asked Mike Woods, who again will be going in as one of the race favorites on a course like that, for a $10,000 donation towards his expenses, which is just... It's baffling stuff from federations. Affairs.
0: Yeah, it is. There are some absolutely hysterical videos on Twitter, TikTok of people over on doing this course in Wollongong with these magpies that are apparently infamous over there. They just sweep down yeah. and attack the riders all the time. And it just, it looks terrifying. Yeah, it looks I've heard,
1: awful I've heard back in the day I remember Richie Port posting something on Twitter like magpie attacks and there is I think there's certain colours and reflective stuff you can do that attracts them or gets them away from you but yeah I like they swoop
0: right down like hit off your helmet
1: so yeah you think thinking maybe that's no why now. we didn't send a team maybe
0: we're very superstitious about magpies in Ireland so if they were going to attack in
1: twos we'd be fine we'll send a team but if it's single magpie attacks now it's no luck in that All
0: right, well, we move on to newbie questions.
1: Yeah, just with a few newbie questions.
0: Okay. Okay, question one. This is like very succinct from somebody writing in. Any tips for getting a sticky bottle? Anthony, will you explain to everybody what a sticky bottle is, please, first?
1: A sticky bottle is when you come alongside a car and they pass you a bottle from a moving vehicle and you hold on to the bottle for longer than the time it takes to transfer a bottle from one person to the other. So the car is in effect powering the bike rider at that point and you transfer some of the car's speed across to the bike rider. My tip for anyone doing a sticky bottle is don't do a sticky bottle. There's mm. no circumstances you should need to do a sticky bottle unless you're a pro bike rider.
0: Yeah. I mean, okay. but So you've no tips at all no, for don't people don't do it. <laughs> doing yeah, don't do it. It's gonna, like,
1: if you're asking for tips to do a sticky ball, you are clearly not qualified <laughs> to do a sticky ball. Like you should not be doing it. It's going to result in catastrophic injury.
0: I um, had a very near death experience when I was in Colombia. The girl who was uh, doing the cart she, they were in this. She was in this huge, big jeep. Came alongside me for a chat, and I put what well, she wasn't holding a bottle out, but I she went down the window, and I put my arm on the window to kind of chat with her, and she was kind of driving. Well, it all fell to pieces and I almost went in under the Jeep. Like I had no idea what I was doing. So I can definitely second what Anthony is saying there and, and stay <laughs> stay well away from the cars. Yeah,
1: This stuff's it's, not easy, like. No. They're pro bike riders for a reason. You know, maybe mm-hmm. there's top level category one riders and stuff that can do it, but they don't need to write into a podcast to ask how to do it. This is learning on the job. You need to learn by doing so.
0: Anthony is refusing to, uh, this is the first time you've refused to answer a question. Uh, no, I I answer think. it, don't do it. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) okay question number two Anthony how is your comeback going what kind of watts per kilogram are you putting out compared to your time as a full-time racer in France and the US do you think as you get older you can perform the same way as you did in your
1: 20s no. <laughs> no, I definitely can't.
0: <laughs> uh, on and off the bike. <laughs> no, I just, there's no...
1: I, I just don't put the errors in that I used to put in. I am training hard the last four weeks, getting ready for Badlands. That's made more of a survival thing. And I will push that into... You know, I'll reserve judgment on see how Badlands goes, but I do plan to extend this into next season and come out with some cool targets and stuff. Uh, yeah, like my watts are actually surprisingly getting decent. I don't know, 10-mile TT... And last week, I think I done 386 watts for 20 minutes. So they're Jesus. getting decent, but yeah, no, I was like north of 400 in France. I think I don't know, FT, I think I do 20 minute, like 423, I think it was around my best. So yeah, I'm still a long, long way off that and I'm a lot heavier than I was, but there you go. You're starting to
0: go well. Yeah, the mood is lifted as well. The like absolute crippling fatigue and crankiness seems to have abated a little bit from that like five or six week block you just put in.
1: It's going to kick up big time <laughs> for Bartlands.
0: <laughs> Question number three. I thought this one was really interesting. I did a little bit of research on it myself. Anthony, do you name your bikes? Now, Who like these questions? I yeah. think this is brilliant. <laughs> I had a little look at some of the forums and somebody writes, his race bike is called Bambi. Gravel bike is Crystal. SS bike.
1: He named this gravel bike after a stripper.
0: Basically, what's SS? What is what's an SS bike? Don't know. Um, but he called that Candy, and the mountain bike is Charlene. And but yeah, basically, all names are stripper names
1: or trailer trash names.
0: <laughs> <laughs> then another person writes in that um, his retired road bike is called Kaylee. His gravel bike is called Serenity. I like that. Another stripper. Yeah, e-cargo bike. Uh, it's called Spaceball One because it's that's a pretty ta- cool. that's cool, isn't it? Because it's a tank of a bike, and we break for no one. <laughs> Plus, it's the bike that puts the biggest smile on his face. Now, I have you. I don't think you name your bikes. I've named your gravel bike the Tractor.
1: No, I definitely do not name my bikes. Definitely and I was strongly condemn any <laughs> other toes. That's not that's under the that's over the edge of ten.
0: <laughs> so you definitely don't. I think there's a place in it. But the tractor is looking fairly well out there, but all of your it's definitely a tractor, your gravel bike. It's a big monster. It's like a it's like a monster truck of a bike.
1: It is, and you're going to find out all about it now because we we're have. we going to do a little quick fire around on Badlands preparation. I did put out a full podcast yesterday on equipment I'm using for Badlands, but we got in so many questions on it. I'm just going to rattle through quick fire. So Sarah, hit me with some questions.
0: What tires are you using?
1: Gravel King 44s. What lights? Exposure, Max D MK13. Oh,
0: they are serious. 4,000 of lumens. Unbelievable. Is the route off-road... 85%. Okay, yeah. Um, what about the elevation gain?
1: It's going through the Sierra Nevada mountain range, so I think there's over 15,000 meters of climbing. Yeah. The weather? Very, very warm, like a microwave or an oven, 46, 47 <laughs> degrees, I think. Nice. Okay, so how long do you think it's going to take you? Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, there's all sorts of people trying to weirdly complicate strategies. I'm like, well, if we ride 250k a day, it's going to take us three days. That's okay. kind of what I'm thinking.
0: Fueling strategy. Pop tarts. <laughs> I can confirm that. I just went and bought three boxes for them. <laughs> They're <laughs> disgusting. I don't know how to eat them. And what about your sleep strategy?
1: Uh sleep like 250K a day. I figure we're going to be able to get a decent bit of sleep. People are talking about riding through the night and stuff. I think we'll ride into the dark, but through the night seems a bit crazy. Like at 250k a day, three days, that'll put us in the middle of the pack. That's kind of my strategy. Now that the wheels could completely come off that because 250k if we're averaging, you know, 20, 25k an hour seems doable. But if we start averaging like less than that, if we're averaging like 10k an hour on the sand,
0: then Mm. that starts
1: becoming a real problem. So, yeah, I've, and even with the 15,000 meters of climbing, I figure what comes up must come down. Like, so we're going to have some slow going and going uphill, but a lot of weight on the bike. So we'll pin the descents and make up a little bit of time there. So, I, I, yeah, I'm going to say what they say, three days three days yeah uh, it's going to be so exciting it's
0: ex- like amazing I'm I'm just jealous I'm not going on this adventure with you it's going to be absolutely class okay so what happens if you decide to abandon the race
1: this is hilarious I actually pulled this straight out of the handbook so it said unfortunately these are huge events and we can't cover the whole route as we won't be able to bring you back you must do it yourself <laughs> so it's just you're on your own <laughs> and then it just has one final caveat please return the tracker <laughs>
0: But like, you were reading things to take on their handbook and it said, you know, usual medical kit, that kind of stuff. And then it said an SOS kit. what's an SOS kit. kit. Did you find out what that was yet? No,
1: but I did upgrade my insurance because I wasn't sure Cycling (laughs) Ireland's insurance was going (laughs) to... Given how critical I've been of them over not sending a team to Worlds, I wasn't sure if they were gonna scramble the helicopter to collect me. (laughs) So I've got an independent insurance broker covering me out.
0: Oh my God. Well, the very best of luck, Anthony.
1: Thank you, sir, for that sincere. (laughs) You're off today.
0: So (laughs) Uh,
1: and so we're maybe gonna we're gonna try something a little bit funky for is it next Wednesday's podcast where we're gonna have usual short form Monday. Uh, interview on tuesday and then i'm gonna try and send some voice memos across to sarah and the editor to get edit into the podcast with some updates of how badlands has gone on wednesday so assume as i can get signal uh you will have that to look forward to folks thanks for tuning in and sarah will be back in the usual saturday slot tomorrow sarah yeah. thanks for See joining you
0: thank you bye